Ow. How well? Let me ask you a question. When was he the first attorney white general? People. I mean, what do you want from me? White people? Are you <laughs> sure it was white people? No, I am sure about that. Yes. So That's it was when a was racially he... motivated crime, oh. uh, murder. When was oh. he the attorney I... general? Uh, this would have been the sixties. Oh, really? So I'll say, yep. Yeah. Life. And was it the U.S. attorney, or was he like a yeah. state attorney? U.S. That would have been what? Yeah, JFK was the president. I think so. I mean, actually. I think he was probably the most progressive I so. president. I actually think he, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched a very interesting TV show about uh, JFK. It's called uh, The Umbrella Academy. Ah. And uh, you know they've all got superpowers and they go back in time and try to stop JFK's assassination. Mm. So basically, just of all the li- things you want to do, right? Just like <laughs> I can go back in time and do anything. Let's make sure John F. Kennedy is still banging Marilyn Monroe. Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, I fully support that idea. Yeah, why wouldn't you want that? Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Who fucking did that? Brent says that, he's like, I thought for sure you were the cuckold type. Yeah. No, I I said I didn't think you were. And I'm, oh, you did it, yeah. And I'm all about trying to push people towards fucking. I was the cuckold type? Well, we know what your type is. Were you, I just, were you looking at me when you said that? <laughs> Is that your thing? What are you talking about? You? Well, I thought I was, I was kind of zoned out there. <laughs> we, I was we, talking about Matt. Yeah, we all know Brian's thing's feet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> His TikTok's nothing but feet. Oh TikTok. My girl's dancing, it's close up to their feet. It's tack feet, it's nothing uh, but well. it is. Blows me away. <laughs> <laughs> Literally blows. <laughs> Eighty-three, no. For There's us, been the one. The Medgar Evers story, the film Ghost of Mississippi, nineteen ninety-six, directed by Robert Rayner, explores the nineteen. I think that's Rob Rayner. Trial uh, Beckwith, which definitely right. Prosecutor DeWater. Still think it's newer. Pins County District Attorney's Office secured a conviction. Start. Don't read me the whole Wikipedia oh, page, Kyle. Fucking read the room. The Try to find out what he's saying. Like, is it this? And then work backwards. I, <laughs> I don't need to know Evers the entire Wikipedia disembodied. Shut the fuck up, Matt. When you got the clear note, when you got the cliff notes let us know yeah well, so when you. you don't have a microphone kyle speak like very important time. those are otherwise notes, bro. those are mountain notes right that's like mount everest notes so i had this guy I used to work with he was like yeah the story's not good just give me the cliff notes yeah and i thought that was hilarious but i've heard other people say it before mm-hmm. but this was the same guy that like taught me how to get out of a conversation quickly so like i'm notorious for when i'm talking and I'm done. The conversation's over. <laughs> so my mom, like, so it's like, yeah, your grandma just said, I'm like, well, I got to go, mom. All right, bye, click. And she's like, all right, bye, bye. You know, she, Carolyn knows the same thing that, that I have to go, she has to go through it. But I'd be telling this guy a story, and he'd just be like, story too long, and would just turn around and walk <laughs> away. But story too long, like a caveman. He'd be like, story too long. Story too long. <laughs> but he's like, the maximum amount of time that you have that I'll listen to you is gone. Yeah. So I'm out of here. That's it. That's it. And that's how it's done. Yeah. Got you. Kids, how's homeschool going for you? Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, it's going for me for about another few days. That's the good news. Next, next week they go full-time back to the um, federally funded um, daycare. Oh, they go to daycare? School. Oh, gotcha. Is that what you call federally funded daycare school? Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, 
So how many weeks are they going to be online, or will they be? Is it just two? Yeah, actually, yeah. It's only been maybe three. I think it's three. I think this is three at the end of this week. I see um, I see on Facebook constantly yeah. bugging out about it. It's got to be hard to work yeah. a job and do that. How's uh, how's North Point been with you doing that? I mean, well, they're cool. That's the good news. But basically, it's not – it's impossible, bro. Like, you're not – I got three kids, three different grades. <laughs> so all of them have their own independent, you know, laptop scenarios where they got to go on for their virtual learning. Not – conducive and, it, and it's got to be hard to like find individual spaces for them to be working inside exactly. your own home exactly i had one upstairs one in the kitchen and one on the porch really and i'm just like all right here's how we have to do because they you know they got to be able to interact with their whatever online learning scenario um and you know after they get out the phone or the well i guess it's phone i don't know internet doing their classes okay here's a list of 37 courses you got to do and Make sure you do the. I, mean, I got a seven year old, bro. Right. It's like okay. He's got to do thirty seven courses yeah, like, on I'm, a I'm like, okay, let's get this laptop and go through all these different courses and all this, and then you got to make sure you hit the submit buttons and do it. And I'm like, so basically, I'm doing the homework for the seven. I mean, not you know, actually, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. So, it's hard for them to navigate that. Exactly. Exactly. So that's that's brutal. Uh, but like I said, fortunately, it's uh, it's over next week and just in time. A day ago, I found a lady who will. We'll take the kids and put them into uh, a daycare where they have certified teachers that will actually walk them through all that stuff. Uh, so I'm like, okay, great. Found that now, three weeks after, right. <laughs> after school started. And, oh, and they're going back now, so never mind, you know. But anyway. Well, how's it like when your ex gets the kids? Did she go through all that same stuff, or did she take them at work, or what's going on with that? Yeah, well, see, there's uh, what she should and what she does, and I don't think those two things necessarily line up right. all the time. Don't know anything about that. No, uh, man, not <laughs> Yeah, that's not why we started the podcast entirely. Yeah, no, um, but no, I, I, you know, she's yeah. They essentially have to do the same thing no matter what the circumstances. So, how are you able to get work done though when you actually have them, or is it just a thing where like people know when you have kids at home and you're doing this, you're just not doing your best. Yeah, well, or do you have to just make up for it? I mean, I just don't work. Quite frankly, I mean, I be well. At least I'll say this: I become reactive. And you know me, I'm in mortgage mortgage work. So, so you got to be proactive if you're gonna do anything productive. Right. So, but I essentially have to say, all right, I'm no no longer proactive. I'm gonna have to deal with my children first, and then as emails come in, if something's on fire, then I go right. grab my fire extinguisher and deal with it. But otherwise, I just can't do anything really. I feel like you're probably stuck most of the time just maintaining your current deals. Exactly. Making sure they keep going through, and if you get a new client or something like that—that's great. But right, right. You're not—you're exactly. not taking realtors out for lunch or no. anything like that. No, I, and I can't be prospecting like I need to to generate new business, and all. It's, it's really impossible. So, and like you said, I mean, for, you know, my customers that I already have going, yeah, I gotta—I gotta work. I can't just right. not. So that stuff becomes where I, that's what I'm dealing with is what's going on with my current deals, but. Eventually, those go away. Right. If you haven't been generating more, you're in trouble. So, do you guys do a lot of cold calling there or no? I, I don't personally know. I wouldn't think so. No, not at this stage of my career. But there's there's people who do, obviously, in my industry. Right. Yeah. When you're when you're new, you got to be making the phone calls. But yep. Yep. At this point, people should know. Well, I got my relationships. I should say where people consistently give me opportunities. You're right. What's so, your schedule like with your kids? 
Do you um, have them every day? No, I, I wish, but no. I. So I was able to get through a lot of fighting and a lot of money uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays um, when I don't have them on the weekends. And then when I have them on the weekends, I just I get them Friday and through Monday, you know, at that point. So that's, that's how it works. Summertime, it's a little different. Um, I get like one uninter- uninterrupted week per month. Uh, same schedule outside of that, though. So you, each <clears throat> month you get one full week. So one ju- full week June, each July, month. August. Man, Correct. you got a way better deal than I did. I yeah, I worked out a pretty good deal. Yeah, you must have worked at a pretty high rate. Yeah, I did, and paid a lot for it. Well, <laughs> it's a lot of money to pay, but experience has told me anything is like if you don't get a lot from the jump, mm-hmm. getting something later is far far tougher. You know. Right. And, yeah. No doubt. And it's. If you know single dads that have gone through the divorce, yeah, they're riddled with guilt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we're only told the relationship didn't work out because of us. Right. There's nothing mutual. There can't be just like an overall breakdown. Right. So Kyle literally had hours to work on this, and mm-hmm. now he's just setting this well, up. Of course, and, yeah. Hours. Well, come some slack. It's a trout. You know, I mean, it's the first time. <laughs> Be professional, Brian. You dressed up. <laughs> he's fumbling the webcam. He's dressed up. He looks like he's going to church. I told him. He's got, dude's got a bow tie. I know we're on a podcast, but dude has a bow tie on with a polo. I mean, I think it's revolutionary. I've never polo. worn a bow tie in my life. It's so bold. Can you tie one? I'd probably look can't. good in a bow tie. Though. Well, what wouldn't you look good in? My eyes are pretty. So pretty. <laughs> Facts. Right. That's why he shaved his beard off, because it took attention away from his eyes. <laughs> so, Brian, when you just nod a bunch of times in a podcast, we don't know that you're agreeing with us. <laughs> What's that? So when you're nodding, like, yep, yeah, you're just going like this, we can't read nonverbals. That was more like a nod to myself. <laughs> like a yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, nothing that needed to be verbalized. <laughs> you know what you got. <laughs> so we were in here earlier, and we were chatting before you got here, Brian. And I was telling Carolyn that, well, we had a, a black guest. I know, I listened to a bunch of it while I was standing outside. I could it was, hear it. Oh. You recorded so, so, it. Do you want me to just go through it again, or do you? I mean, do you think you caught enough to know where I'm getting at? I heard the parts where you're gonna, you know, try to get after me, right? No, well, yeah. that's not getting is after that, you. Is that when Matt was saying that we would all have the microphone? Do you want to have one, or you would just walk away? That's the only thing he said about you. <laughs> no, I'd probably go sit outside in the Adirondack and smoke a cigarette. Dude, the Adirondacks are mad comfortable. Water. Absolute craftsmen. Yes. So it's not bad. But we were talking about... So I well, had, you're a new craftsman. You're just learning I'm, to take your time. Yeah, I'm like a first-year apprentice in a craftsmanship program. I don't even know that it's craftsmanship. I think you're a first-year apprentice in taking your time. Hmm. Not a skill I have, really. So it's a really developmental thing. <laughs> so what we were saying was is... So I had a black guest, and then when I... Um, you had a what? A black guest. Oh, yeah. So I'm using the Airbnb app, and I always use Under Carolyn's name. Oh, I thought you were talking about for the podcast. No, at the Airbnb. I don't. Do I have to tell you that he's black? No, you didn't have to. He's out of sea color. I mean, clearly. Clearly, you didn't have to tell me that. But I was like, okay, so he's reaffirming that. Whatever. All right. So at the Airbnb. So Carolyn, I use her her username. So every message that goes out looks like it's from Carolyn. 
So I said, oh, thank you very much for staying. Return guests, you know, get a discount, you know, have a blessed day. First of all, Carolyn said I, I said have a blessed day, mm. but I said blessed. Mm. Damn it, Kyle, you had one job. <laughs> Fuck off. So we were talking about. This is a family podcast, Kyle. <laughs> Whose family? Shit. My kids, for sure. Okay, right. This is my family. This is not vulnerable. Uh, you gotta ask whose family. So if you ask my son, I'm like, Grant, what does dad think about the cops? He goes, Fuck the police. Oh, there <laughs> and, it goes. Okay. And he's been doing that since he was like, I don't know, seven? Is he an iced tea fan? When he was six. Well, Grant. He loves the box right now. Like, that's his, his song. But I had said in there, like, have a blessed day. And Carolyn's like, that's ridiculous. Why? And I, well, you don't hear people say that normally. Have is a Brad's shirt ridiculous? Well, that kind of leans into it. Well, it's... It was the only time I've ever heard Matt say the word hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Right. You don't use that. I've never heard you use that word before. Well, you're, you're not normally around me when I would hang out with black people. <clears throat> So it's not something you would hear. It's reserved for when I'm in that community. Wait, was, so you're different? Yeah. So, so it's called code switching. switching. So you're racist? Let's not make this about me. It's so, called code switching. What's so, it called? No, I, I've never heard of it. Google code switching. Google code switching. I'm asking you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to do it. He's in the middle of a conversation, this guy. the way you talk based on who you're around. Right. right. Oh, I don't do that. So well, how? That's called white privilege. So how? No, it's not. Oh, so Carolyn. So that Car- is not white privilege. Uh, Carolyn's boss. Well, we can have that conversation, but that's okay. Go ahead. So I, I can't be me. No, you can be you. Absolutely. Oh man, that's not the point. That, that, the whole idea of <laughs> you white can privilege. be you can be you all you want, buddy. The 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 point of white privilege is that you can be whoever you want to be without having to worry about other things around. Like and you get the space to do you. that, right? Right. So like. I, I told the story earlier. So Brent and I were at the bar before, and I grabbed the girl's phone, and I wanted to take a, a picture of myself with it and put it back down. And he was like, there's no way I could ever reach for someone's phone like that to make a joke. Like, it's just not the same for me when it comes to that. So I don't know where I was going with that story. But the I don't point, either. But the point is, is that, like, that was a clear instance it's, a clear, it's a clear instance of how my well, life right. is a little yeah. smoother when it comes to those types of things, right? Sure. So when I was talking about, like, have a blessed day, when I used to work at the car wash, black customers used to always tell me have a blessed day. Mm-hmm. And it's the only place I heard it from, right? Mm-hmm. So I just equate have a blessed day with that community. Mm-hmm. So when I have a guest that's like that, have a blessed day. Mm-hmm. And I was telling them that, I feel like the black community is more about like spreading their spirituality, like a blessing through that. Like they're, I want you to have a blessed day. I want everyone to have a blessed day. But I feel like that community is more about sharing that feeling or experience. Mm-hmm. So Brent said he had a theory about that. Well, yeah, just generally speaking about spirituality and the, the, uh, importance or emphasis in black community and and why you see that more prevalent i think has to do with circum it's circumstantial meaning that so black people generally have been in a position again we're generalizing all of this right right but have been in a position in the history of the united states of far more desperation Um, you find generally that people who are in positions of desperation reach out for spirituality as as hope as mm-hmm. as opportunity as as something that they can grasp that 
you know, gives them a positive feeling because, uh, you know, uh, regularly you don't feel positive, so you're more desperate and you, you feel like you need God. And that's, that's, you know, for Christian folks like myself who are going to read a lot about it, well, when you look at and understand just spirituality in general and the history of that and the Bible and what the desperate people are the ones who cry out and are, you know what I mean? It kind of, when you're humbled, it puts you in a position of almost need for some, for the, you know, for some kind of substance or something that you can grasp onto. So I think that's why you see like just black people in general. I mean, we're the poor people in the United States. The numbers tell you that. So there's a desperation there for, from that demographic. Well, do you think that the church has marketed itself towards we're here for the poor, we're the hope? You can, in heaven, everyone's equal. Everyone has the same. So it's almost like you're paying like a spiritual toll to be poor. Hmm. You know, your reward is in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel in any way that that's been a way to control the poor population? If, you, if your reward is in heaven, it's good to be poor. Well, specifically with black people, if we have, we're back to that, well, yes. Well, no, I'm not. I'm just saying generally. Generally, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think generally, again, it's a, more of a human instinct to desire hope. And if you, have, if you live in hopelessness, which is what poor people often live in, then they will reach for hope or search for it. So that's a general thing there. But if you're saying if it has it been used as a tool of manipulation, well, I don't think so. Uh, God, I hope not. Right. And, and for those, you know, and God help those who are trying to do that if that's what they're doing, because God, that's that's brutal. Right. To go before God and have that to talk about. Um, but yeah, no, I, I you know, I, I think it just puts people in people in a desperate position are going to respond uh, in a desperate manner. Do you think that the spirituality of the black community is would be less without that kind of economic disparity? So do you feel like you would lose your spirituality? Let's say you could wave a magic wand and the black community was elevated mm-hmm. to a higher socioeconomic status. Right. Would that affect their spirituality? Yes. I believe so. Again, back to generality. But I think that because I don't think black people are any different than any other human beings, if that's the, you know what I'm saying? So it's a human, these are human instincts I'm discussing, not black instincts. Right. Do you think that's why people connected to Barack Obama so well? Because, like, he was hope, you yeah. know? And that was just like, a, I mean, I, I remember, like, when he got elected, it was hope, hope, hope. Yeah. And it was, like, this really charging thing that people wanted yeah. to be connected with something positive. Right. And when it comes down to, like, thinking about how we felt about Barack mm-hmm. and him coming up is completely different than this election. Right. I don't know who's feeling any hope whatsoever yeah, no, about I, anything. That's not a, no, it's not a thing. Right. I mean, it's legitimately, yeah. like, not there. So yep. do you th- where do people find hope right now? Is it through religion and through God, or is well, it through That's what I'm going to tell neighbors? you, Matt. You, you might not want to hear it. That's what I'll say. Right. That's okay I, that I that's think, what you want to say. I think hope is in Jesus. That's what I think. But, yeah, I mean, there's there's people who feel agree with me, clearly, right? A whole bunch of them for a really long time. So I'm not a weirdo for that. So there is, 
you know, there's a tangible aspect to that that's been it's it's a tried and true, you know, statement. Um, but yeah, that that's where I would say we need to be searching for hope at. Um, I, I I certainly don't. Dear God, I hope I never have to search for hope in a politician. Right. Um, I'm 40 years old, man, and if this is what we got for you know what I've witnessed for the last you know in 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 my little brief time, whoo, buddy. Hey, it, it's rough. It's rough. It, it, it's not a lot out there to grab my hope onto. That's for sure. I mean, Obama had us all thinking we'd be in jets and cars in eight years, basically, and we'd all be flying around and rich and everything would be great because he's good at talking and he's good at bringing, generating those sorts of emotions and all that. But, I mean, not even he or any politician can make that type of impact when you're talking about, well, if we get into politics. But, yeah, the, the, you know, the issues there in terms of how heavy – the 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 influences of money and other things that are all really driving the whole thing anyway greed and um there's no hope in that stuff bro <laughs> that's i don't put my hope in politics or any you know i always tell people i'm a, don't call me a democrat don't call me a republican all of those things are name calling to me right i'm a child of god and i'm an independent thinker and though that's what i will be until i die um so that but yeah the hope stuff yeah, that to me, you can find it in God. I don't know where else. That's where I go. So, you play the piano, is it? At, nah, man. I, I'm not I, that I just assume. I just assume you just play the piano, right, I at the am church. Not that kind of. I wish if I could play piano, man, I'd just be sitting out on the corner making money. What do you do at the, on the church? You play in the in the streets. I just sing. That's it. You just have as golden pipes, and that's it. Um. Copper, maybe. I can't believe I said that's it. Like I'm just, <laughs> I don't know You're why. Right. I always see you on the rooftop. You said your favorite yeah, yeah. singer, Stevie Wonder. Yeah, yeah. So I just assume that you played the piano. I wish, man. No, I. And here's some of the, and I'll give you the bad. Maybe about, it's because you just don't look like a guitar player. But I could yeah. totally see you tickling the eye. Hey, ivories. man, I could grow a fro and be on my Jimi Hendrix out here. I could do that for you. I mean, <laughs> do what's good for you. Why not? I wish. So, when when you guys started to transition from like the COVID lockdown to yeah. doing uh, worship in the in the parking lot, yeah, what was that like? Well, um, okay. So that topic, and as opposed to my instrument topic that I have for you, I do, do want to. I do want to touch on that. You talk quick. about whatever Just you want. Just one thing is real quick and easy. But you asked about. So I'm going to give you the bad side of the religion, right? Because I, I am a Christian. I believe in Christ, and I that's what I do. That's who I am. But religion sucks, bro. Like it really does, and I understand that. Um, I'm still involved with church because I think you know that's I, I want to be able to make my type of impact on the church and on other people and hopefully that's a good thing and i can help bring people in but yeah you know i grew up in a church called church of christ in the south and in the south church of christ when i was there 80s early 90s you couldn't even you couldn't like they will tell you you'll go to hell if you got a piano in your church really that's so you have all these different denominations of, of christianity that have all these opinions that they that they try to enforce on everybody, you know what I mean? Hey, this is you know, and it's like bro, everybody's missing the whole point, which is just I mean, it's Christ is dealing with heart, and that's it. The what you're what you're doing is almost ancillary. I'll, I'll often tell people I'm like Christ is not concerned about what you do. I believe that's true. Uh, that, that God's not sitting up there judging what we what we do. 
Now, he wants to know why you did it, right? That matters because that's the heart part. So why'd you make that choice is what God's evaluating, not what the choice was. You understand what I'm saying? So it's a different dynamic in that regard. But to speak to the being on the roof and doing the, doing the stuff there. Well, for me, man, um, how was it? It was awesome. Except for I got stung by a bee, bro. True story. <laughs> yeah. I was on the roof doing it. Luckily, I wasn't leading the song like somebody else was leading the song. But all of a sudden, man, I'm just like smacking my leg like crazy, man. I'm like, oh, my God. I know they probably are all looking at me like, what the heck's wrong with this dude, man? So I got strung, stung by a bee, so that part was whack. <laughs> but, like, the rest of it was cool. I, I thought it was a fun experience. <laughs> I was doing the rooftop thing. I got stung by a bee. It I was did. kind of cool. Yeah. You know, it was cold up there sometimes. I'm not allergic, luckily, so, like, my leg didn't swell up like Incredible Hulk or nothing. But Well, I mean, obviously you're not getting to know the people that are coming there. Right. You know, but do you feel like there was more people coming there because there was this desire to find hope? Do you feel like that there was the church was able to channel and capitalize on that? Uh, well, in general, I don't know. I'll speak to my congregation. I do think that it gave those people an outlet, you know, you know, and I'm at Kentwood Community Church. And I think that it gave an outlet to a group of people who we're desperate yeah man like i do think there was some hope inspired in that um and that's just based off conversations i had and people i spoke to about it that were happy that we were doing it and so yeah i, I think it was i mean i'll tell you what it didn't hurt anybody right you know uh, there's a lot of stuff out there that's hurting people and a lot of a lot of people who got bad angles that's not the angle of at least my i can speak for my church that's not what we we're trying to do right. we want to help people and so I think it did. I think there's people who got a lot of benefit out of it. Brian, any comment? <laughs> you know, no, not on this one. Brian, <laughs> Brian's just here to observe. You're so many thoughts. I I'm the only one who cares about this topic. I get right. it. We can talk about something no, else. No, no, Brian. The I thing know, is, it's like, not, I... It's not that I don't care about <laughs> no, it. No, I'm, I'm just kidding, man. No, it's just that, like, Brian's a heathen. So, like, oh, he's yeah. a Catholic. So, like, what he's about to do is just judge people. <laughs> oh, make Lord. You, make you feel guilty about him judging. <laughs> That's right. how it works. Well, yourself. Let's be honest. I've never done that. I'm not a heathen. Right. I don't even know if I can be considered Catholic anymore. I haven't been to church in, like, 20 years. Hmm. I think once you're Catholic, you're always Catholic. Are you? I yeah, don't. Like I think so. Well, I'm not a thing. You don't have to be. My dad wasn't. Isn't it a choice? I think. Yeah. What, yeah, religion. But I feel like don't do Catholics believe in like being redeemed, or is hmm. it like you're fireproof, saved once you're? I don't know how it works to be Catholic. I, think I went to one Catholic church. I'm sorry, does Kyle have a mic? I mean, I'm a little distanced. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, did I see Kyle with a mic here? Uh-oh. <laughs> and my mic is muted. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you saying, Kyle? Uh, I started to go fuck yourself. Oh, no, yeah, I was asking uh, if uh, this is a, sort of a threshold question of after your first communion or after confirmation, if it's more considered that you're a lifelong Catholic or possibly an eternal type Catholic, depending on your interpretation and your view of it, which I think is more of what you were saying, right? Right. So I think Baptists believe, like, once you're saved, you're saved. Like, you can't, like... Maybe I'm just can't renege on the save. Oh. Maybe that's what my dad told me. So it's like, well, Baptists believe this, so therefore that's what's the truth. I don't quite frankly know, or do I care? Mm. I mean, I'm 38. I haven't gone to church consistently since I was 18, right? 
So do I believe in God? Yeah, of course. Can I tell you all the rules? How of course is could it? I, could I tell you the rules of the Catholic Church these days? No idea. I mean, I went to Mass for, like, I go to Mass for, obviously, for, like, weddings, been there for funerals, and, like, part of the routine they do is different than I remember. Like, I'm saying the wrong stuff. Do they still fuck mm. little boys, or is that, like, not a... <laughs> uh, I mean... Oh, God. Like... I don't even know who is they even. The, the so real, the real question is, I say peace be with you, and also with you. Oh, that's no, that's only. And with Christmas. your spirit that, that happened like 10, 15 years ago. Really? This, this new development. Oh man. Same. So things uh, changed. Hmm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but to your point about saying the wrong thing, yeah. I, I, so I here's what I feel like is gonna happen. Is tomorrow when I go to work, Brian's just gonna have a million fucking thoughts yeah. about what we said, and it's like a rebuttal podcast. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> no, I no, not at all. I just hey, I'm so pretty uh, hands off on the religion stuff. Sorry, I couldn't get involved there. Yeah. I'm. I think it'll be a follow up discussion. Anybody that knows for the me, record, I think I am too on the religion. Stuff. Hands off on it. Fairly. So was my grandma. So oh she, my God. she just passed away, and literally everyone—it's all the like know about my grandma. Is this person love the Lord? Mm-hmm. And that's the only part of her that they knew. Yeah. And there was no other part of her. Right. So that's just who my grandma dedicated her life to, and there was like no if ands or your buts grandma's about. winning, bro. That's winning. Well, she's dead. Well, she won. <laughs> That's the win. Unless there's nothing there. So the race was <laughs> won and there's no prize. Right. Can you oh, imagine right. like, so I, when it comes down to like Christianity and faith, I don't know what's true. Mm-hmm. I can't look at the vastness of the world and think that there isn't a divine hand in it. Right. But do I know if that's what? Savior through Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. or if it's more like the Greek theory of gods, where they're all just hating each other, because I mm-hmm. feel like that's easier for me to grip my head around. Sure. So I can understand someone with absolute power being jealous of mm-hmm. someone without it and, yeah. and punishing that. Hmm. And I'm not saying that, like. Well, the Bible speaks of God being a jealous God. Right. If we're talking Bible. Right. I know that you just said, well, Greeks, and yeah, I mean, you. I, you know, Buddhism, and there's lots of different random stuff. Right, but I, do you think that the Christian idea behind God is that he's all-loving and all-powerful, or no? Yes. So how can you be all-loving mm-hmm. and be jealous and punish people for that jealousy? So well, maybe, maybe he's not saying God's punished, but that's why I can identify with, like, this Greek idea of, you know, worship us, we're worthy of, and if you don't, we'll send the fucking titan. Well, God, I mean, we, the Bible talks about it as God being a jealous God. Not that he's going to punish people because of his jealousy. That would be a different topic. And that I don't, I don't find anywhere in Scripture. But, but, yeah, God's jealous of us when we worship other things, um, when we you know, get away from what we were designed to do. Because every human being, man, deep down inside, you're, you're going to worship something. I'm, I'm just telling you. I don't know anybody that doesn't worship something. It might not be God. Maybe for you it's uh, whatever. Cocaine. Football. Whatever. Cocaine. For, um, <laughs> Never done cocaine know. in my life. All right, whatever. But you know what <laughs> I mean? It's Brian, it's feet. Yeah, right? <laughs> so there's people, people are like, it's like you're designed, your whole body wants to worship something. It wants to make something the most important thing. Right. And it wants to give that its time. 
when that's not God, then God's jealous. Hmm. Yeah, God's super jealous of how I live my life. <laughs> I do have a question, though. Not to go back. But, do we but, have time for Brian to take a question? Am I supposed to? Brian, you just jump in. I didn't Google this, but am I supposed to code switch? Is that, like, bad of me? Are you? <laughs> well, no. You don't have to. Oh, that, I don't. And that's what we were talking about earlier. Do we? Was, was that on tape, the white privilege convo? A little bit, I yeah. So. I don't think I'm not saying I don't have it. I just didn't know what code switch was. Sure. I didn't know. Am I supposed to talk different or be different? Nah, no. nah, nah. <laughs> I can answer that one. No, you definitely aren't. That's the point, and, oh. that, and that's what it's about. Is that as a as a white male in the United States, you get to be one hundred percent yourself, unapologetically, under well, any circumstance. I right? don't apologize for shit. But I, you know, I don't. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm unapologetic. I mean, I know, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. No, it's just yeah, and that's you know, code switching is a thing, man. For black people, it's like, look, I can't just go in. I mean, look how I'm dressed. Here's a cool thing, though, right? Today, man, I walk into my office. I got yellow Nike shorts on, a shirt that says bless with a bunch of different colors on it, and a pair of Jordan 5s, the Bel Air edition. Those loud. are my first Jordans. You get, oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, man. I had the red and black one. Super comfortable, right? <laughs> yeah. So I got the Bel Airs on right now, and this is how I went to work. Yeah, but you work And that's why I work there. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'll be honest. Yeah. A lot of that's why I work there, right? Because I can walk in there and be told 100% myself. Right. Black people in the United States, not necessarily under any under, under every circumstance, right? Could I, ne- could I necessarily have, could I do the same thing if I was on the board at Amway? Not likely, right? I would, I would need to be able to walk in there and say, all right, well, I better have a, you know, I mean, and, and I'm not saying white people don't have to wear ties and stuff and do, you know, whatever. Everybody has to do that. But even the way I present myself or present the way I feel, or everything's got to be conformative mm-hmm. to, to what, what's, ex, what's expected and what's the quote-unquote norm under those circumstances. For white people, or white men specifically, I should say, because, by the way, even white women can only vote in the United States because a group of white men decided they could. White men are the people with the power. And hopefully so, we'll take that back one day, but for now, <laughs> for now we're stuck. You on that crusade, it. homie? Nah, it's not like I'm dying on that hill. <laughs> but in my household, there's like four or five days in the month where I can't count on Carolyn to make a rational decision. Right. <laughs> she can't have the nuke. She can't hold the football. She can't hold the football. See, that's why I Hillary's know, not in. I don't know. If that's why I Hillary's not in it. right now. Man, we're dealing with these issues because of that exact God. mindset. I I don't know if I can handle it. To be fair. Because, like, I only get to a certain point where it's like, I don't know, it's like it's a football field, right? So if I can get all the way to, like, the, you know, the five-yard line. Yeah. And that's my explosion point. Right. I can't, I can't put it in the end zone. Yeah. Because that's where it all just gets blown up. I don't, I don't have it to go past that. Oh, that's great. Now. The double entendres here right now. Yes. The double entendres. Yes. The double entendres. You ever watch uh, The League? Of course. Dude, that's the greatest show. Brian, Bro, have like, you ever seen The League? Yeah. I don't know if it's the greatest show of all time, but it's it's great. What are you watching right now? What am I watching right now? That's a great question. Football? Yeah. And basketball. That's it? Pretty much exclusively. So, so in quarantine, right? Well, I re-watched, I'm rewatching Office right now, too. Oh, I love okay. The Office. One of my How many favorites. times through? <laughs> this is number three for me right okay. now. Yeah. So quarantine, no NBA. Right. No March Madness. Right. No sports whatsoever. Man. 
those were what were you doing how were you holding your time oh down gosh, for that gosh that was so brutal dude don't remind me i started to watch shows on netflix and stuff i watched some tiger show the tiger king yeah <laughs> i haven't God. seen it oh don't see it are you kidding me did you oh. not see my thing in the speedo <laughs> Oh, yeah. Of course I saw that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so I, I was watching stupid stuff, and it yeah. was really whack, and I hated it. And then yeah. I tried to read books, and I realized that I don't like books either. <laughs> right. So just everything was whack. I love to read. I love to read. Brian's very well read. Okay. All right. Tiger King was depressing, though. It was brutal. Dude. It was, yeah. I'm a big cat fan, you know. Yeah, so. me too. I like and the big cats. That's what I got my attention because I'm like, oh, tiger's sweet. Yeah. And then you put it on and you're like, dear God, what is this, man? It was upsetting. Ugh. Nothing about it was upsetting. Every minute. Oh, well, you was like, brutal. God, you were like, oh, Even trauma. Carol Baskin. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, her place, her, the stars. her place is awful <laughs> to animals, so too. Funny. I Dude, mean, it's ridiculous. TNT is like, Matt Herman loves drama. <laughs> you do. I, I 100% do. Like, I'm always starting it at work, like with this. I got this. I got this lady that works there. Uh, we'll call her Betty. Oh, okay. Name's not Betty. Last name Boo? No. Okay. Make Betty's sure. something. We can call her Betty Boop. Betty Boop. I like, yeah. I like, I like Betty Boop. We'll call her Betty. So Betty Boop. Yeah. So Brian's trying to go on a trip last week. Yeah. Right. And. She's like, Brian, are you sure you should be going there? It's like a very fit state. Mm. <laughs> so, ever what does that even mean, a fit state? Where no, do I have those? What she asked me, she goes, Oh, yeah, you're going out there? She's like, Are you going to like start working out really hard or something for a couple weeks before you go out there? Mm. I'm like, What are you talking about? She's like, Well, <laughs> It's the number two fit state in the country. Oh wow! I'm like, I'm like, oh, Betty, <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm not in shape, right? <laughs> so this is America. So like, number two fit state. That means like not the Buffalo Bills offensive line, but like Clemson's. Well, it doesn't stop there. I she's mean, like, that's that's what we got. This is the United States. She dug it deeper. And she's like, well, what if you see some girls? Oh. And I'm like, oh. Girls want to be interested in this? You're obviously <laughs> too fat to fuck, is what she was saying. Girls want the dad bod. <laughs> right, Girls dig the dad bod. Right. Do. Like, I don't know when it happened, but mm. there was like this perfect moment in the time-space continuum mm. where being like fat, funny, and bearded became like the thing to the be. Thing. Yeah. And I've been cleaning up ever since. <laughs> <laughs> and... Continue to clean up with a fantastic girlfriend that I have. Mm. But before that, also very much cleaning up. Yeah, very nice. So, like, Seth Rogen, like, became, like, I want a Seth yeah. Rogen type. Yeah. When that became a thing that girls like, oh, yeah, you're, like, just like Seth Rogen. I'm like, mm. yeah. Like, I'm overweight. I get high most of the day. <laughs> you're hilarious. I'm a little bit funny. No, you're funny. Right. I'll I'm give a, you that. I'm I'll Thank dog you on a lot of stuff. I'll give you your funny. Right. I like I to think so. I don't remember when he's made me laugh. Okay. That's fair. That's true. Like, I say work is mostly me just dying at what Brian says. He's Perfect. like, do you think my name should be the Count? Because I just have, like, an absolute lust for revenge. That wasn't exactly the well, I kind of butchered that. You did. <laughs> so how did it go? You can't even go back to it. You butchered it so bad. It's just like, over. Yeah, yeah. It's over. It's dead. 
The moment's passed. He was waiting for that shit all day to say, probably, and he <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> I've been waiting all day to tee that shit up, and I was like, I'm ready for this one. Into the woods. And I See, stuff he's waiting to tee up, he fumbles every fucking yeah. time. But the other be... shit's gold, though. It's good. Yeah. yeah. I fumble I some, I but I get it in the end zone. There you go. The Josh Allen of life. Oh, he's yeah. not. He's not Jack Harlow's shit. He doesn't put it in the end zone. You don't have an arm like that. I put a bad bitch in the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to learn to do that. <laughs> you can't put a bad bitch in the friend zone when they've already put you there. It's like you're just, you just can't bring her into the friend zone with you. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, But sometimes man. you just gotta he's dump just, it. He's just trying to draw some shit out we're not talking about. I know. It's not gonna work. Uh, not Brian, gonna work. Brian's got some things that we can't talk about this on the pod. Can't talk about this. Oh, on the pod. Yeah, I can't talk. Like, oh. Well, Matt wants to try to make this shit about my personal life. No, we're interviewing you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Brian's personal life. I'm sorry, my personal life's way more interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we got we got to save some of this stuff. We got a lot of shows to do. Yeah, man, stack that material, Brian. Right. So <laughs> we talked no. about we talked about the trip. We can end it there today. There it is. <laughs> and that's the end of the discussion. Yeah. Enough we about can... me. Unless we're talking about my eyes, they're pretty. Yeah, they are. Enough right. about me. Unless we're talking about the eyes. So Kyle bought like a what a six sixteen pack of Trulies yeah. or something like that. Not enough. No that one went into them except it. me. A couple Coors Lights and that's it. Yeah, Coors Lights gross. <laughs> but it's so my cold. Old, my old, see the ad? They're so cold. My, well, if so the mountains cold. are blue, then yeah, it's they're cold. not though. I don't think they turn blue anymore. Yeah, I don't know. That's about the only thing I liked about Coors Light. They I don't turn blue anymore. I don't think so. Brian's eyes. What's the point? My eyes aren't blue. They're what? Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> they're well, steely. They are yeah, very yeah, majestic. Yeah, they're not, they're I would describe them as steely. Yeah, yeah. You don't come across that very much. <laughs> I don't get steely eyes. That's, you, you the don't. only time I've ever seen steely eyes is also meth eyes. <laughs> you ever seen someone that like does meth? They have the most beautiful eyes in the world. <laughs> if they're not red. Oh wow! Like it was a thing where yeah, like I've seen people that do meth. And <laughs> their eyes don't look beautiful. Are you sure it's you're not just distracted by but how terrible still their teeth are? We're talking about stealing eyes, not beautiful eyes. Steely eyes. Steely eyes. Stealing eyes. Stealing eyes. Stealing eyes. Stealing eyes. <laughs> but he said, he said people on math have the most beautiful eyes in the world. That was his statement. He did I think, say that. I think steely eyes true. are beautiful. That was a quote. Oh, well. All right. You got me. You okay. got, I got you. There. I didn't mean to cut Brian's you. Brian's like, move along. Don't talk about my personal life. Oh, well. <laughs> Story's over. You've talked too long. <laughs> too, story too long. Yeah. So when you were going through quarantine, what was it like with the kids? Like, do you still like doing your switches with them or? Yeah, well, actually, um, I had a little scenario around that quarantine time where I had come across a gal who brought me over a crab boil. God bless her. I won't mention her name. What's a crab boil? Let's talk about this Wait scenario, a Brian. You this don't, is I love crab. crab I mean, boil is. No. Oh, you just. Is it, okay. I mean, there's crab and there's like potatoes and oh. there's carrots and there. You know, it's fantastic, bro. Like, it's Are a special thing. We still talking thing. about it's this soup? It's an orgasm in your mouth without the mess. I mean, it's, yes. It's great. Yeah. The, exactly. So. Fantastic. Can make can make everything weird. <laughs> now I don't want to hear about the crab. Yeah, I know, right? I, I mean, know. So, but no. So she I brought me. I was about to get a recipe. Now I don't want an orgasm in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, <what> <laughs> <laughs> but she she brought me a crab boil. Uh, bless her heart. 
really yeah. nice gal and um friend of mine still and but she had covid Damn. Oh, right shit. so then i covid Quotation right with the mark. quotes yes so she had that that thing and uh so i'm like oh wow all right um what did you I? use a sheet as a condom Oh, Lord. I heard about someone doing that. That did not. Dude, I swear to God. He told I didn't me even make out with that it. this girl wanted to hook up, so he used a sheet as a condom. <laughs> and I could only assume that he was so ugly that she just didn't want to look at him. But apparently she wanted caught and soft dick. How does that even work? I don't know. I don't think this that's This guy's a, fucked that up. That can't be a thing. But, yeah, so that happened, and then I'm like, well, they told me I couldn't we be around. We don't talk about Brian's personal life. Yeah. Uh, so they told me I couldn't be around human beings for like two weeks. So like I got a call from the whatever the health department and all that. Like, hey, uh, we uh, have you as a person to contact about. You've contacted somebody with COVID. Did you have to get tested? No, they didn't make me test. They made me sit at home for two weeks. I never was sick. I never felt any sort of way. Damn. So I was fine. But so I had a little bit of time there where I just couldn't see them at all, which sucked for me because right. you know I don't. I want to see them every day. So yeah. outside you, of that, it was normal. How how old are your kids? So I got a ten year old. I have a nine year old, and I have a seven year old. Okay, so do your oldest kids have cell phones or ways to contact you? They do. Yes. Yeah. So you were able to be in constant communication. Right. With them. Yeah, I'm still talking to. Them. I mean, every day I'm talking to them. So, but yeah, I couldn't see them. So a couple of weeks there, where it was like, yeah, bro, like you just, I just played Madden. And just like, played mad and just kind of just chilled. Just played mad and hung out and watched Tiger King, probably. <laughs> Dude, you play FIFA at all? I do not play FIFA. Nope. I do not. I, I, I understand it's a sweet game, but I'm so ignorant when it comes to soccer that like I just feel like I couldn't couldn't do it. It's the beautiful dance. The beautiful dance. Ryan lost twenty thousand dollars on soccer yesterday. Mm, mm. Oh. Yesterday. It what was. are we talking about? How is that possible? Brian loses. Uh... Brian loses money in the stock market and on DraftKings mm. constantly. Mm. I don't think he's he's, he's never talking, made. He's talking about me losing the money by not not making the plays. I talk. Wow. About. I mean, wow. he talks the plays. Yeah. Can't make the plays. No, so basically, what, Stu Gotts? Is that your? Well, what what what? <laughs> What happened, on, what happened on the DraftKings thing, right? And it probably wouldn't have worked out this way where I would have won it. Wow. Earlier it was definitively no. I had it. No. Wow, uh, these people don't know how soccer works, Matt. No. All these freaking no, nerds. They just want to do their Chandler songs. Well, I Matt, know about this. Matt, Matt has a problem like listening yeah. and not embellishing. <laughs> Anyways, so I said, this exact same, I said this exact same that matter earlier. So I was floating on my DraftKings lineup for last night's football games. There was a soccer game. I'm like, oh, I should check this out. I was like, shit, I only got a minute and 30 left. So I was quickly picking players. And right. And I mispicked one. And I had to pick a different player. Hold on. I'm sorry. Fantasy soccer? Is that what yeah, you're yeah, this for, story There's changed. a fantasy soccer league? lost $20,000 in fantasy soccer. Good Lord. Anyways, keep going. Keep sorry. Going. No, don't get so crazy about it. You got to listen to the story. Kyle. All right. Anyways. So I picked the players, right? Happened to pick every goal scorer in the game. Pick, pick the top lineup that you could have possibly had. Yeah. But I didn't get it in because I had to switch a player by like 10 seconds. So I'm looking at it. I look at the stat line today. Then I go check it out. I'm like, holy shit. I would have been the $20,000 winner. Mm. But I didn't get it in because I ran out of time. And I was going to do it on a whim. Now, me saying I probably wouldn't have won. If I had more time to overanalyze it and think about it, mm. may not have picked those people. Probably wouldn't have picked those people. Okay. So it was just happenstance that I had the right lineup in to win it, but I didn't get it. 
Mm. Yeah, the top prize is twenty thousand dollars. So soccer fantasy is exactly like football fantasy. It is like fantasy. Yes, yes. And it's if I'm into the Premier League, watch every weekend. Now I'm going to start getting into Premier League fantasy. I mean, I I can dig it. It makes it interesting. Mm -hmm. Speaking of digs it, Stefan digs the Buffalo Bills. Let's not. Let's not go there. Going to be it. No. You can't. You can't stop it. Don't stop. Won't stop. I'm so excited about this. Who's your running back, bro? Devin Singletary. Singletary still. Motor, Devin Singletary. All right. Watch out. All right. First of all. Do you do fantasy football? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a football fanatic, but I like the... I mean, an actual football team, like a real good one, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I remember what happened Ooh. on last Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because I was like, hey, Brent. So, like... Hey, I, did you just read that note? Yeah. Oh, I think it's for both of us. It says, don't hit the table. Oh. I must have. Table so slappers. anyway, so last year around Thanksgiving, I was like, hey, I got some family over. Brent, you want to come over? He doesn't have his kids. Yeah. He's like, oh, maybe me and my pops will come by. <laughs> you guys going to have the game on. I'm like, of course I'm having the Bills game on. <laughs> by halftime, he's not responding to my text messages <laughs> at all. Well, see, the boy, he said by halftime. Now, now, and let me confession moment, if I can, is that I didn't necessarily feel in incredibly confident going into that game there that week there for thanksgiving so i thought to myself do i want to be around matt as my team loses on my favorite holiday of the year wait listen i love matt right cowboys playing the bills uh yeah yep cowboys bills and i'm thinking do i want to be in a room with matt if the bills do win this game which i admittedly knew was a possibility like it i'll be honest that was it. That was the decision maker. I said, "Yeah, you know what? Nope, I'm if, good, bro." If the Bills I'm win good. the Super Bowl, I'm good Bowl on being around year. you while the Bills beat the Cowboys. I'm not doing that. If the Bills win the Super Bowl this year, I'm going to be in fucking sufferable. That's such an if. No, that's dude, a, that's <laughs> the size of that if, man. Dude, the Cowboys, that's like the Cowboys Oprah, have a like, better chance with the Super Bowl than the Bills. You're code switching, and it's bullshit. I am not. <laughs> I am not code switching. Uh, that's great. Right, it's a hundred percent what he did. He There's no no objective football watcher could possibly think the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott have any chance. Dude, how about have uh, you ever watched Dak? Dak's Never. a very good player, bro. Yeah, he's better I, than I, your I, guy I, Josh Allen. Eat a bag of dicks. Hey, There's listen. no way. Dak threw your almost five stacks last year, bro. Your like 49 opinion 100. about the Dallas Cowboys is useless as a bag of dicks <laughs> with no handle. <laughs> There's no way. The Bills might have a slightly better D, but the slightly oh, they've got quite better a bit better D. D. I'll admit Dude. that. But the Dallas offense, but our offense is significantly better than the Bills. Yeah, yes. significantly. That's that's significantly. a fact. I don't you, know. you just told me your running back Singletary, bro. This, this, this Let's podcast, talk about that. This podcast is over. Let's talk about Singletary Let's being your running up. back that's versus rap, Ezekiel right? Elliott. <laughs> First of all, let's not talk Ezekiel let's Elliott versus Devin Singletary. Because, like, Ezekiel Okay, well, we can talk about Amari Cooper a, or Stephon you Diggs. Think, you think Amari or, Cooper or, is better than Stephon Diggs? I think Stephon Diggs is on par with Michael Gallup. Exactly. Listen to this guy. I like him already. Promote him. Code switching. You know what? He's getting a promotion. No. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm setting he's, that in place right now. If he's getting a promotion, I'm done as the host. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's what a promotion means. I, I, second, I second the nomination. So I, I don't want a promotion. I don't want a promotion. Listen, Brian and Kyler can do a podcast, and I'm just out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to make you sit outside and listen. I'm going to be uh, a part of it, too. So you... I'm going to cuckold for the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> podcast cuckold? 
That's, that sounds about you right. You have to sit outside and just hear it, bro. That's all you can do. Dude, I wonder, like, what my guests are hearing right now. Like, what mm. my neighbors are hearing. Oh, no. Can you and hear? I don't, you can't really hear outside the garage. Yeah, well, you, can can, you? you said you can hear me. I could hear. I could hear faintly, like, him re-listening to this stuff earlier, and I heard my name. So then I listened a little more closer. <laughs> just... Hang on, am I being talked about? <laughs> Do I got to come in fisticuffs in here? <laughs> Had to figure it all out, you know? We were so concerned how you'd handle Kyle being in your chair when you came in. This isn't my chair. Well, whose responsibility my, is chair. I mean, once my chair's here, I'll be upset. This isn't my chair. Hmm. That's a good point. So we got a dope <laughs> chair at the office. I just got to find a way to get here. Mm. Probably just put it in the back of a car. We'll just put it in the back of my car. Are you allowed to do that with Bill? Will he let you? It's my chair. Is it? It is. <laughs> I think we should ask Bill. You can ask Bill. <laughs> I'm not asking Bill. Why wouldn't you just take it? Well, I'll, I'll do what I did with the refrigerator. Right, just show up at 5 in the morning. <laughs> Brian's like, so you're still in the refrigerator? <laughs> so is that what's happening right now? And I was just like, uh, that's pretty much how it went down. Nice. You pretty much caught me like taking the fridge. Is that what happened? No, you, you said you were taking it the week before you took it. But if this steel story works out better and is way fun, here, keep going. I'll, I'll, re, I'll retract it. I'll retract my statement. We You'll can edit that shit too. out. Yeah, yeah, we'll roll with it. We'll just lean right into Actually, it. Actually, pretend I never said that. Let the t- go. We'll cut, it. So, we'll cut it in post. You can edit this, right? Give right. its legs back. Let's go. All right. So, I, I uh, fuck, I forgot the lean. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, Brian caught me stealing, like, the refrigerator. I don't want to be caught the same way as stealing the chair. Because the chair. The chair's mine. It's a legit chair. It's mm. like a CEO level chair. Wow. No. no. Wow. No. It's a CEO of what a small it? company. Oh, a small, a small CEO company. of a startup. Yes, know. got it. Yes. But it's still a CEO. Yeah. It's, it's the it's the chair of a CEO startup, but the guy's got a bad back. It's a multi-level marketing guy's chair. With a bad back. So <laughs> with a bad back. <laughs> the guy that I met today, Devante, really great guy. Like yep. really en- enjoy talking to him, and he is excited about going forward. I got to give you credit, Matt. You. Because you talked to me about this, Devante, earlier. You didn't even ask me, I bet, hey, do you know him? <laughs> well, you didn't I, do that. I, right. You I didn't do like, that. Hey, I got to give you credit. That's, right. that, that is something you deserve honor well, for. Well, first of all, I shouldn't who's get. The, where did you, who's Devante? Where did you meet him? He just met him on the book. So he sees me posting oh. about Airbnb. He reached out to me. Let's talk about it. Uh, I, was like, I, was I gave him. I'm, I'm used to it. As soon as I hear a name like Devante, I'm used to a white guy looking at me and saying, I'm sure you know him, right? Yeah, but, you can, but I can relate to that. Like, so I'm like in the Milligram <laughs> Rapids, and this guy there you like. Go, Brian. So we, we we were out about on Wednesday, right? And we're at this bar, and we're just sitting with this old guy named Todd, and he must have been like 60 years. I think he said he was 60, and I was like, oh yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm actually from Buffalo. He's like, oh, do you know Bill? Like, <laughs> it's like no, I don't know. Ev- I don't know everyone. <laughs> From Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo Bill. Was that Bill, what you he know. was saying? Yeah, yeah. maybe. I thought he was, he was asking if I knew a it guy. It was a joke and you missed it, bro. <laughs> Oops, I'm flapping To tables. be fair, I was very, very high at the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Enough but said. I was like, but he was like a fun guy. But I don't think that was a joke he was making. And I don't think I'm just using the name Bill generally. Did he show any general wit after that statement? Well, how old was this guy? We'll say sixty. Sixty. He's in tech. He's in plastics, polymers specifically. Mm. Okay. Because <laughs> he was like, I was in this, and like, I'm like, oh, what do you do? And he gave me like the whole resume for his oh, entire yeah. life. No, he didn't. And even not have just a joke. like that was an accident. Yeah, it was like was. not like me. Like oh yeah, I used to um you know I I, I print T-shirts with a buddy of mine. I used to do insurance. I used to do you know used to be a lawyer. And before that, I kind of worked like at a car wash. You pull mm. you pull T-shirts. I pull. T- I pull. I made. I'm at the point in my life now, Brent, where, like, mm-hmm. I literally have a fucking doctorate degree. Mm. I feel like I'm always the smartest person in the room <laughs> and in this room right now. <laughs> and, like, he constantly degrades my intelligence. That's great. And it's like, I only, and, like, at this job that I have, I, I don't have. De- no, no, I don't degrade his intelligence. I try to educate him and build his intelligence. <laughs> That's good. He looks at it as degradation, apparently. Apparently. I mean. I think he's defensive. You know why? Yeah. Your steely blue eyes. And you've got a much better voice than he does for this radio thing. I do not have a better voice. Than Brent, you're being condescending. And that's, <laughs> that's when you talk down to somebody. <laughs> but, I, but he's but like, um, so we had a thing like three weeks ago where he was like complaining about, about Betty upstairs. He's like, these fucking people, they don't fucking get it. Like, because of COVID, we don't know if there's fucking shirts to print. So, I don't know if you know this or not, Matt, but, like, if we don't have shirts, like, you know, we have a problem because then we can't print them. And I was like, you don't think I can't figure out a supply and and demand chain of T-shirts? You know, I couldn't possibly wrap my head around the idea of a warehouse and a factory. Right. He's like, oh, that's, that's not what I meant. But yeah. it's, like, definitely what he meant. I mean, in his defense, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's, uh, you know. In whose defense? Matt's or mine? In in, exactly. in yours. Well, yeah, when you see some of the shit he does, and then you're like, inexplicable. Why the fuck would you do that? All right. I so mean, I feel like I have to explain the stupidest shit. Yeah. Pardon me. Well, Matt's the type where I'm like, bro, like, I mean, if I was trying to, like, build some kind of satellite, I mean, I might hit Matt up. He might be the guy I'd hit up. But, like. If I wanted a T-shirt that was just plain blue, maybe not, bro. Maybe, maybe you're that guy. Like, it could maybe be you're like, the, I don't know if Matt can do that. I mean, I'm on higher level management <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm very much a forest guy, and he's got me working with the trees, and it's just not in my wheelhouse. Yep. Yep. That's fair. Right. Although I don't really quite frankly think I have a wheelhouse anymore. Right. No. And it's just like the only thing I'm good at is like starting shit on Facebook. What is a wheelhouse anyway? No, that, That's I'm like gonna, a... Like what is that? What, what, how'd that become a thing? I don't know. I just did remember, I, I, Oh shit, I did I say something pitching, racist? I remember from pitching as a <laughs> no, kid. No, not this time. Like, like if it was like... like in the wheelhouse, <laughs> right? Like the strike zone. Right, if you if you, a ball you can hit, yeah. it's in the wheelhouse. I get that, but why the expression initially, right? Wheelhouse. What does that even mean? No idea. That makes me want to Google. Is it like those wheels? Don't we have a Google guy? Those wheel right, dude, that's what, that's what the, the, I'll make sure. You know what, Kyle? I will order. Hey, while we Google what's the origin wheel, of wheelhouse. That's while we Google wheelhouse, why don't we take a bathroom break? Mm. You gotta use the. You gotta I use like the this. Bathroom? Yeah, I knew I liked this Brian guy. All right, fine. I will allow everyone. Is it recording? Yeah, just turn it back on. Oh yeah, I hope it's on all that. <laughs> no, so we're just talking outside oh, sorry, for, for a second ago. So Brent was saying that he is a singer-songwriter, and his dad's got a studio, you said? Pops has got a studio, yeah. I don't write too much. I mean, I've messed around, but yeah, I enjoy music, and I love the studio. So and why does your dad have one? 
Because Pops is a full-time contemporary Christian music artist and has been my entire life. Yeah. Since I was, well, yeah, pretty much my entire life, bro. Like, since I was, like, 10. So that is his full-time job. It is. Now he's gone into prison ministry specifically. I thought you saw he wanted to go into prison. I was like, man, that was like you're you're the way you delivered that was like a half a beat slow on the ministry part. Yeah, like Pops got locked up last month, bro, on some like, bull. On <laughs> <laughs> some bull. That's the most accurate way I've ever heard of a, a charge on my life. You know it. I don't know how many times I've heard like, dude, it was on some bull. It was on some bull, bro. <laughs> Every time it's on some bull. But no, yeah, Pops does. He's a he's a he does uh does prison ministry, which I mean, I take my hat off and hand it to him for that. I mean, he goes in there and tries to reach the people nobody cares about anymore. Right. It's it's tough because it's like to to work with that kind of population. Yeah. You talk about people wanting to find hope. Mm-hmm. And when you're in prison, that's probably the only place you can find hope. Bro, let me tell you. I went in, and like I said, I, you know, I do worship leading at my church at Kenwood Community. And I went to um, a prison. Like, he, he does these concerts in prison for, these, for, for all the inmates and all that. I went to one. Of them. It was the most, like, um, authentic worship experience i've ever had in my entire life like the thing that's hard about doing music at a church especially at an american church especially where i'm at which is kentwood where it's it's quite frankly especially in comparison to the world incredibly affluent you you're out there and you're doing your music thing right and you look out at the people the people will look like they're dead bodies bro half the time like you're pouring everything you got into it and they're just arms are crossed on their lap right so and that's just because people are comfortable. They don't, they again, right? They don't have that desperation stuff we talked about earlier. In Catwood. Exactly. I also feel like there are some people that go to church every week. It's just a habit. True. That's also very true, Brian. Stunting is a like habit. Stunting is definitely a habit also. But yes, going to church is a habit for a lot. Some of them is, they're not even, maybe they didn't want to be there. Your wife drags you there. Or, you know, your, your, your mom drags you there. Or, you know, there's a lot of that. Um, but when you're, at a prison, these people never get a chance to experience any sort of recreational activity, period, right? Yeah. So, oh, all of a sudden there's this concert and it's a worship concert and these people are the most desperate. We talked about those those feelings, how that brings out the desire for people to reach out to God. These people are desperate, desperate. And so doing a worship set in there where people, I mean, I got, you know, you got guys on their knees, like literally crying. Like and I'm just like this is amazing. Like the intensity, the uh, you know you know the, the everybody being a part of it is amazing. Um, doing worship in a in a prison that was one of my coolest experiences I've ever had. I did it a couple times, but my pops, hats off. Like I said, hand your hat to him, man. He's in there all the time. That's not even that's just regular for him. That's so what he how, does. How would you compare uh, like uh, any sort of the solace and enjoyment that these prisoners would be getting from uh, like the worship ministries and stuff like that there yeah. versus like gang activity and associating with any sort of prison gangs and being like trying to find their their place and their hope and, and their spot there i mean uh, how, how do you see that well that's this that's survival versus okay uh ver- versus you know an outlet for hope right i mean the gang stuff in in general in most cases those those are cats trying to survive man okay. and that's what gets lost on what what's going on in the inner city period which right. is that you know people 
you know, again, you know, in America, black people are in, in a desperate spot. So, yeah, I mean, they, they may, you know, in general, be put in situations where they do respond more survival driven. Yeah. And that creates all kind of different dynamics, right? But, like, you know, people in general do, like, they, they, they're going to do what they have to do to survive. So that's how you end up with the issues that you have, man. Like, people think, I'm like, man, you know, you do realize people in the hood ain't out here shooting people and doing things like that because it's fun or, like, they just, that's what they want to do, right? right. No, they don't. I promise. I promise you. Every time it's because I'm hungry. Like, I, I got to get what I need uh, to live. It's survival. Yeah. That's what creates those circumstances for human beings, not for black people. Yeah. For human beings, when you're in a p position where you don't know how that kid's going to get food, I mean, I don't know how many of us around this table are parents. I know Matt is. I don't know about you guys, but if you're... The dead, we're the deadbeat dads. Okay. Yeah. So, as a deadbeat dad, as a fellow deadbeat dad, right, you got kids. Let, I'm speaking of Brian, by the way. I know we're not on TV. So, you know, <laughs> your kids are hungry. What, what are you going to do, Brian? Right? What would you do to make sure your child does not go to sleep with an empty stomach it, it creates a different dynamic anything i could exactly right so that's what you create you can get these i can go to bed hungry i can't let my kid go to bed hungry can't do it well never bro rihanna found love in a hopeless place <laughs> and it makes me think about when you talk about why people are brought to the church this search for hope right yeah what happens when you're in that spot of desperation looking for hope and you come up empty? Mm -hmm. Is that what leads to, I don't want to say like the presidency of Donald Trump, but all the anger surrounding politics? Mm -hmm. feels like to me that people are desperate and there's no hope. Mm-hmm. So you pivot to hate, right? Mm. So if you can't find a path of, of, of love or righteousness or peace, mm -hmm. you tra go towards maybe more like blaming someone else for your problems. You know, what happens when you don't find hope? Well, I mean, you know, that's where, I mean, you're talking about Christians who are there out of desperation. We talked about that earlier versus Christians who are there and privileged. Right. Well, there and privileged can create problems. I'm not going to mm. lie because, and again, this is not a white problem. Or a, I, I, I believe every one of these things, when you generalize them, are human. Every time. Like when you really break it down, they're always human. They're not based on any certain demographic. But, it, but like when you say, okay, people are affluent and they, uh, and they still are Christian. Well, they're not desperate Christians. So then they become perched sometimes. Routine Christians. They be, they, well, they become, they, they want to look at you from up here. They want to look at you from up, you know, above my head is what I'm doing with my hands. Yeah. They want to look at you from the top, right, and look down. Then that's a very bad dynamic, and it becomes very distasteful. It's very off-putting. That's, that's not a good look. Right. And that's what you see, you know, it's, it's one or the other. But the, you need to meet some poor Christians. They'll, they'll, they'll make you really happy. They'll make you feel warm and invited because and, they have a different perspective. They're, they're, they're humbled, which is exactly what God explains for us that we have to do. You know what I mean? Like, 
unless you humble yourself beside the Lord, you won't be lifted up. So he, but those humbled people get lifted up, and they they got an energy that's awesome, mm-hmm. and it's incredible, and you'll love it. But yeah, I agree. You have some of them that sit up there on their perch, right, and they're looking down at you, and they're, hey, you're this. So they and it's, and they got it wrong, bro. That's the bottom line. They just don't understand a struggle, right? You know, so it's like when you have like an issue, they just can't get it. They lack empathy, bro. It's it's really tough, and I notice it a ton. Where it's like, I complain about child support on Facebook a lot, right? So no matter how much money I make, no matter how hard I work, I feel like I'll always be hustling backwards. Yeah. If I were to apply myself in, so my child support's like almost 1900 bucks a month. Which is I can't afford it. Unbelievable. I, every single month, I go more and more into arrears. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that I can't get out of. Right. And... I'm at a place right now where if I think, well, you know what, I care, I'm going to make my life about paying my child support, right? I'm going to get a second job. You know what's going to end up happening? I pay more money in child support. Yeah. It's not like that second job is in addition to to help release my burden. No doubt. That's like, oh, you're working extra? Perfect. How can we help someone else out? So we talk about empathy, like, bro, you shouldn't have fucked her. Mm. Or why you wouldn't? I wouldn't have a baby with someone that would treat me that way. Mm. Well, guess what? Fuck you. Mm-hmm. You don't fucking know these things yeah. when you're in love. No doubt. You don't know these things, like when you're like, I've been married for six years. I feel a way about this person. I'm not seeing the exact opposite. Like my ex-wife, we went to church together. We were Sunday school teachers together. Mm. She had an affair on me while I was on my bed, like bed rest, for mm. like several months. Mm-hmm. Kyle maybe knew me in law school then, but I missed my entire finals for an entire year. Mm. I had to take a semester's worth of finals the next month. I was in bed rest for almost 90 days. Mm-hmm. Times where like my dog would shit himself in the house. I knew you then. You probably knew me then. Yeah, I'd shit my, the dog would shit himself in the house, and I couldn't clean up because my hurt so bad. And then it's like my my marriage got to a point where it couldn't work, and right. you're like, oh, I wouldn't have done that if I were you. Well, guess fucking what? Like, yeah. no one would do these things if you knew all the answers. Yeah. Like, you're living your life your best possible way. Well, I hope you don't call any of those people friends because that's not, you know what I mean? They're, they don't have the right perspective. Well, they're usually girls with big titties on Facebook. <laughs> And Brent's like the first person in the world to call me out on that. Or like there was something. Word he, I did. That, and that's he true. was like, <laughs> and he just straight pointed up on them like, all right, Barbara Angel Pace, I'll see you later. <laughs> she had to go because I was like, that's the only reason I'm fake. I've got lots of people I'm Facebook yeah. friends with yeah. because of that problem. Yeah. And like, I'm really just trying to help out people with bad backs. Awesome. And I want to support them in the best way that I know. Support. Oh, right, like legitimately. Was that a pun? Yes. Yeah, it was a pun. Yeah. Was it intended? <laughs> yeah. Big pun. <laughs> I'm a little slow tonight. Especially with the big guns. <laughs> I don't know if I... I think I fucked that biggie line. I don't, I don't know. But anyway. So, yeah, they've got no empathy at all for, like, this crushing thing. And then you take on that and you compound the fact that I owe student loans... Probably in excess of more than my house is. Like right. at this point, no doubt about it. Well, what's so messed up, man, is that the system says, okay, if you were to go out and work more, then you can pay this. Okay, but let me explain something to you, man. If the system is actually caring about what's best for those children, 
you now giving them less quality time and spending less time helping develop and create good people is absolutely contrary to what they're supposed to be set up to do. So it's like, okay, you can say, I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to work more hours so I can make more money and I can give. No, that's not what they need, yo. That's that. On the contrary, it is far more important that they exactly right on a on a regular like to be able to spend that time with them, take them to do things. Well, you can throw that all away, bro. If you got to pay two stacks. And the thing is, is like it's not even about spending money on the kids, right? Yep. So like, I saw someone posted on Facebook. They're like, everyone before they go and spend their fifteen hundred dollar kids. Pinterest birthday. Mm-hmm. I just sprayed my kid with a hose for 45 minutes. Got rave reviews. <laughs> Kids don't care about that shit at all. Exactly. They just so want to spend time with dad. Yeah. And like, yeah, you it. know, my kids know dad's house is run differently than mom's house. Right. You know, right. Mom remarried to a guy that I thought was a really nice guy. Mm. I thought he was. Mm. I don't. There's a lot of layers to this conversation. Yeah, there, there's a ton. And I'm not trying to get, like, too deep into that right away. Sure. But the fact of the matter is, is, like, it's okay that my kids know a struggle at Dad's house. Yeah. And riches at the Mom's house. Right. It's it's okay. And the courts are like, you know, like, I remember one time, I swear to fucking God. So, I told... Please don't do that. <laughs> well. Okay, it's fine. I'm gonna. <laughs> Swear to fucking Zeus. Okay, better. So there was this thing where um, as soon as Kyle's done eating his bag of chips. Shut up. He's I like, some of well, if you shut chips, up, bro. we probably wouldn't have a Whoa, show. This <laughs> co- oh, sour? I don't do sour, man. Here. All right. So. Wow. <laughs> so only Kyle's. Like, you never know when you're going to need gummy bears. Yeah. And I'm a gummy guy. I love gummies. But it's not gummy bears. So, oh, okay. Sidebar. Have you seen that Gummy Bears music video? You got kids, right? It's like this, I'm a gummy bear. I'm a, I mean, it's, that it's, old? I mean, that yeah. came out like 10 years ago. Dude, so I was hooking up with this girl, and she had her kids at the house. So she had to straight up, like, put on, like, I had to put my phone on and play some music yeah. when I'm digging her out. So <laughs> in, like, mid-pump... It goes from, like, I don't know, whatever's on my phone, to, like, I'm a gummy bear. And it was, like, oh, no. it's completely just giving me, like, incredibly odd erections. Oh, so no. So like, you hear this, like, I'm a gummy bear. And I'm, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Because, <laughs> like, Dad, why are you getting all sweaty? Oh, you just ruined that song for everybody that listens. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not even in the slightest. That's uh. That was... I've had some weird things happen, like mid-pump. It's just like, <laughs> I could do a show on mid-pump antics. <laughs> so if God is a jealous God because I'm worshiping something else other than him, he's pissed yeah. about my mid-pump stories. <laughs> <laughs> my vinegar strokes. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel like they're so disappointing. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so... I don't know, I'm just going to tie that all back into getting no empathy, but, like, that's a real fucking problem I have. It's like, yeah. people just don't seem to, like, want to put themselves in someone else's shoes for a moment to see what their struggle could this. be like. You should do that. People want to judge you because then they feel less shitty about their own terrible self. Mm. 
and my life's fucking awesome. Mm. And I get judged hard about it. Mm-hmm. So remember that text message I sent you? Which one? <laughs> Which one? Oh, no. It was like, hey, Brent. Uh, I know we haven't spoken in a while, but yeah. I just gotta let you know what just happened to me. Oh, that one, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, Brian, you yeah. got you got to know these things. <laughs> so that's like that's who I am. So like my life feels great. But I feel the story. Hold that was on. something what, what else. Is the story? Oh, it's a it's a it's a it's a. Pod. Is that it's can that even can that Matt? That's going on pod. That's gonna go on a pod. Yeah. No not, way. Not this one. Okay. Yeah, All when right. she comes on. All right. When she's a guest, we'll talk about okay. it. Okay, so j- good call. It's a time and space. Good call. So I have a particular story in my life that I've been baiting Brian with for years. Not years, months. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, one day, I'm going to tell you that story about how I shit myself in the car. Oh, no. And he's like, one day, but I got, Carolyn's not here. So I can't, she's not here to tell me. When I'm embellishing and when I'm not. Mm. She's an integral part of this story. Mm. Yeah, I mean, she got, clearly needs to be here if she was part of it. Because you yeah. embellish. It's like basically my number one skill. is like, <laughs> how do I just really lean into this and just kind of let that baby run, you know? Why don't we just presume that you're embellished? Like that dog can eat. So like when it comes to like a... But I get it from my dad. So like even at like my grandma's funeral, they talk about this story that they have there like amongst the family. And it's basically just like something to make my grandma upset. You know, they mm. just kept repeating and they'd add extra things to make her look terrible. Mm. And they just kept adding extra stuff. And I was like, there's no doubt about it where I get this from. Mm. So even if my grandma is literally five feet behind my dad and he's like, you know what? Here's a story that she fucking hated. <laughs> Without saying that, you know, it's like classic Dave. But... <laughs> so anyway, Brent, did yeah. you... Uh, I appreciate you coming out, man. And, yeah, and sitting dude, it's and talking. been cool, man. I, I enjoy hanging out with you. You know that. Right. Every time I go to hang out with you, like, ah, I'm busy. Ah, oh, I got this. We yeah. never seem to get our kids on the same weekend. And that's yeah, like a fun thing. I like too. to have your kids over. Yeah, I would love to do that. I'd love to do that. My Definitely. kids are fucking too cool for your kids. Though. Yeah. <laughs> They're for sure. The idea is to have Grant wants My kids to- are stars, Matt. Stars. <laughs> I mean, great. <laughs> Go on, King Queen. You know, my kid's not a star. Okay. You know they're great, but they're not stars. I got stars. <laughs> they don't. They don't have. They don't have it factor. Yeah, okay. Maybe Finley. Finley might have it factor. I, it's hard to tell. I think my kids might have more swag than me. All three of them, which yeah. is that's saying a lot. They probably got it from their mom. Oh Lord, can I? I, I, I guess this is when I leave. Is that how this works? Right, right. So, I mean, all right. As soon as we start hyping up the axes, that's <laughs> that's when I'm checking out, bro. Dude, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so basically, I really enjoyed having you on, Brad. Definitely want to have you back again. Sure. And the whole idea behind the podcast it was like, do we have like an idea about what we're going to talk about? Sure. You know, right. I know I know a little bit about you. Yeah. I actually know quite a bit, but I know enough to like get the story going, Yeah. what we're going to talk about, and it just kind of rolls from there. I like it. Yeah, and any guest that like wants to be in here in the future, this is kind of like what you can expect. It's really kind of like... Us just chopping it up, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously some of the guests are going to be more focused towards dad's rights, you know, which I think is important. So one thing that you and I have talked about quite a few times is 
are communities of single fatherhood. Mm-hmm. That's my tribe. Yeah. You know, I can identify more with a single dad, regardless of race or religion, right. than I ever can somebody else. No doubt. It's, it's an inherent struggle to be a good dad mm-hmm. when the system is screwed against you. And you can see how that system works against you just for, like, child support and visitation. Yep, yep. And if you can really understand that struggle of the system, mm-hmm. I hope you can understand the struggle and the system for people of color. Yeah. Because this is one, like, small area of my life that's, like... I'm glad you said it, not me. That's, that's just, that makes it better. <laughs> right. I mean, anything <laughs> I say that you don't say is going to come better out of me. It's better. Yeah, 100%. Like, no matter what. I'd be yeah, like, I can't I haven't that. said shit. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the way we like to keep if it. If I say that, I'm angry black man, and that doesn't help anybody. Right. And I'm not, angry, I'm I'm not angry white man either. Right. I'm just... I can just see the parallels of those things. And yep. when I get frustrated about like how single dads are, are taken advantage of, you can see how that bleeds into other things, right? So you talked about how your dad does like the prison ministry, and yeah. you've gone there, and you've seen real worship. Yeah. You've seen people looking for hope. Mm-hmm. But how many people are in there having to do with like maybe not because they're a single dad, right. but that's a contributing factor oh, to no a lot doubt. of the things? No doubt. That's unquestionable, man. Like, seriously, that's, I mean, just anytime you create a system that says, okay, you've got to go uphill to get to the same same position, that goes for black people in America, that goes for single dads in America, that goes for whatever that demographic is, that you say, okay, to get to the same destination, you got to drive a few miles further. we got to cheat. Then, then you're cut going to create situations where, it's, it, you know, you're going to have people you know, climbing crabs in a barrel, climbing over the top of each other. And, and then we have, oh, God. But, yeah, you get in, speaking to prison specifically, right? And we talk yeah. about privatization of the prison system and how it's for profit and all. Well, yeah, dude, it's a, it's a mess. And, it, and it's a trap. And, and, and I think that what I don't want to get too far off in, like, the prison system. Yeah, because yeah, that's, yeah. All that's a whole, lot. That's a whole nother, it's really, that's another podcast, bro. Right, it is, and it is. And I got yeah. my, my buddy Kuiper. I'm going to have him on here, and we'll talk about that. He was a former prosecutor. Yeah. He's a, he's a defense attorney now. Yeah. That's the time and space for that. Right. But for what's important to me and to you and, and, and to Brian is that, you know, single fatherhood. Mm-hmm. And the trap that you can get into where you're in prison, mm-hmm. and it starts with, your inability to earn enough money right. that they determine that you owe mm-hmm. is an ability for them to send you to prison. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can do all the right things, mm-hmm. but if you're not good good enough, you know, quotes, good enough to pay all those bills, right. you're a bad person and you're a criminal. Right. You deserve this X, Y, and Z. And I don't know – I'm not saying people don't have to pay child support. It's a very – necessary thing like sure kids need money i literally wanted to right and i don't mind i just want it to be fair right and that's all anybody <laughs> that's wants it. right yeah. but i want and my time to be fair too exactly thank you brian and that's that's the but biggest how many, thing i mean how Time's many more valuable than the money no doubt but how many t- and especially with an initial determination if you're going to be uphill the rest of your life because of some bullshit overzealous judge in the first place or right. referee like that's horseshit. I don't, I don't know if it's the judges necessarily that in the beginning hit you and put you behind the, you know, 
It's behind the eight ball, behind the card, behind the horse. I don't bro, know. Bro, it's bigger than the judge, bro. But, but it's, it's but systematic. It, but it, and, it, and, it's, and it's also systematic in masculinity. So it's yeah. like when I was going through my divorce, I got a lot of guilt on me. Let Beth take care of the kids. Mm-hmm. She can do better than you. And it was mm-hmm. from my own parents. You wow. know what I mean? Wow. A yeah. lot of it was like, you know, Beth will do a good job of taking care of them. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like your duty as a man to sacrifice again. Mm. You know, you and it's if if someone listens to this podcast, you know, mm-hmm. what would I want them to hear from it? Like what would be a big take would be like if you're getting a divorce, don't. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think yeah. whatever the problems that you have yeah. You can fix. You don't understand the ramifications that down the road, right? Well, an emphasis on if you have children and getting divorced. Right. right? Yeah. If you don't have children, who fucking cares? <laughs> Fuck that bitch. There's a million other ones right around the corner ready to fucking go. I don't care about that context of a marriage, right? <laughs> Marriages are hard work, right? Oh, man. But if you don't have kids, it's not the same. No, it's there's, not. There's That's no one, true. And no one ever, like... So, if you get a divorce from a girl... Oh, Brian's got something for you. I don't necessarily agree. Okay. Hit me. Well, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let, let, you should Matt finish, or do you want to jump no, in? Outside of the money the child support aside, like, you think it's healthy for your kids to be around a toxic relationship, if that's what it's, it is? It's not that it's... it's, it. it's not it. that it's, it's healthy. It's not. It's great. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter whether... Mm. It's okay. not good for the kids. It's not healthy for the kids to Round be in a toxic one. environment, Fight. but <laughs> the reality of it is... Even if mom and dad don't like each other, Wait. and they and they and they have to work, I'm saying is is like, I'm not saying stay married no matter what. I'm not saying it's always best for your kids if you're married, even if she beats you, even if whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm saying as a father, if you lived a life of being able to be there every day for your kids and make them breakfast and pick them up from school mm-hmm. and tuck them to bed. It you will understand what it's like to let go of that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is that you think it that you're... It doesn't get better for you. But if it's a bad situation for the kid, mm. it ain't good for them. Mm. Okay. That's a selfish way to think about it, that it doesn't get better for you. Yeah, I'd love to put my kid to bed every night. But what if mm. he's not enjoying life with his mom and dad being angry at each other all the time? I still think, and obviously like one, day, point, one day right? we'll get a... Ch- we'll, one of the things I want to have on here is like, let's have a child psychologist on here, and we can talk about this Ooh, good specifically. Because I, I think the system made you made the comment you make because of the money that they take from us. No, I just miss my kids. I agree. Mm. I just miss my kids, and Carolyn and I have talked about this very frankly. I think Carolyn's great. I love her to death. I I think she's a good partner for me because we have the equal amount of fucking crazy. Mm. You know, and it's explosive sometimes. Don't get me wrong. And on all the things that my kids witnessed between her and I fighting aren't always great, mm-hmm. right? And the fights I got with, with Beth or my ex, I mean, yeah, I've already said, fuck it, Beth. Yeah. And, my, and my ex, Renee, like, those things aren't good. But I'm saying is, like, if you're going to stay married, know what you're giving up for your kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying to stay in a bad marriage. I'm also saying work at that marriage so that it's good and that you yeah. stay. Yeah. I'm not saying like, so Will Smith said bad marriage for life. Yeah, oh, I hated that. Right, I hate that too. Oh, that too. made me cringe so bad. Right, you could work on a marriage and make it right. You know what I mean? And, and some things you can't fix, right? You can also and I'm work not, on a marriage yet and have nothing come from it and then have your children for the rest of their lives remember how... Well, that's a pretty negative bad. outlook. I'm just saying, if it's that bad and it's never going to be fixed... 
I don't think you should. You know. Any criticism my ex-wife ever had of me, I would take every single day constant criticism to be able to see my kids all the time. Mm. So, so I would rather take constant criticism from my ex-wife where she told me I wasn't good enough, wasn't smart enough, wasn't you know, was an ugly guy. I just think you have I to would be take care- that. But you have to be careful, Matt, not to have your perspective be the one that is the same because everyone's experience is not the same. Right. Right. No. So for yours, in your in your case, you know, I think your perspective is for your case because, like, if if you were to take someone else's case, where it's like, well, look, man, like, uh, you know, three of the cats I grew up with hit it. So right. I mean, like, uh, I found out about that. What are you gonna do? Right. That that may not be the case for that guy. Right. It, I'm not saying it's like every single time it's always best to work about it, but you should think about that part. You sure. know what I mean? You should make a fully informed decision. And I completely agree with you, but I think you also need to think about the welfare of your children with that, to Brian's point. Right? Right. I'm not saying the kids should grow up with a mom and dad that hate each other. I'm saying the consideration of whatever it is that you're going through the divorce for, you have to be considering how much you're giving up. Yeah. And I don't think that most fathers truly understand all the things that they give up when they yeah. go through a divorce. Well, and everybody, everybody's, here's my thing. I'll tell you this, Matt. For me, I went from staying uh, for, I would I would literally tell you in a marriage, I mean, I was married for 13 years. In a marriage that was dead for at least, at least 20 months or so. Yeah. Right? So staying under those circumstances for exactly the reason you're mentioning, say, oh, I'm, I got to stay here, man. I need to just keep make this work, stay for my kids, keep doing. I went from that to a, to a mental transition where it was, now I'm leaving, but it's for the exact same reason, mm-hmm. right? Literally. And then, and then where I literally it- evaluate that and say, wait a minute. Well, you know what? <laughs> nah. Like, th- this is literally a very bad thing for my children. I'm looking at so, the exact same interest in getting a completely different result. Exactly. So it went from a stay around for the kids, leave for the kids. And if that's yours, if that's – I don't have regrets. So everybody's story is different, right? I don't right. No, in I, that regard. And everybody's situation is different. But, you know, for my situation, it's like I knew. I'm like, bro, the best thing I can do for the three people that – you know, for God's kids that he's let me babysit, which is how I look at it for my children. For for those children that I'm babysitting for God, well, the best thing I can do for them is get them into a situation that's more healthy, which would mean father needs to be more healthy, which would mean we got to make, you know, and I'm not going to talk about all my specific circumstances, right? Right. But enough to where even for those Christians listening, I was biblically, you know, it was, it was, I was biblically in a position where I was okay with, same, with leaving. Same thing with me. So it was like, I, I got to go, you know, based on that. And this is not going to work. And it's going to kill my kids to keep trying to do this, you know? And I'm not saying that doesn't exist. And I'm not saying that, like, how I think about it. I don't have, like, a, like a monopoly on truth, right? Sure, right. And I'm the first one Wait, to... Wait, really? You don't? Dude, that's why I came here. To be fair, Brent, <laughs> I'm right so fucking much... <laughs> It's hard for me to sometimes possibly think that I'm wrong. But I can reevaluate these positions upon further evidence. Until I hear something that says otherwise, I'm going to continue moving with this train. That's fair. So where this train is at for me is that men need to consider those things. Not they must do what I say. Sure. It's that there needs to be another man in their life that says, you should know this. You should know that. You should make better decisions. Yeah. No, the, the the exit, I get what you're saying, right? Like, here's the thing I'll, I'll say for you. Like, that that exit better not be a, 
better not be an early decision or a quick decision. Or right. You, you that's, what, that's what I'm saying. You don't want to jump in. You, know, you don't want to just be, oh, okay, oh, there's the exit. I'm out of here, bro. Like, this is getting hard. I'm done. No, 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 no. By any stretch of the S. Matter of fact, it better be to the point where it's the only option. And, again, it's the only option that makes the best sense for your children, right. for fathers, right? I'm with you on that, Matt. Right. But there does come a time, is all I'm saying. It's okay that that time there comes. Is a legitimate, there's a legitimate time when that happens. Right. Where it's like, I better. Mm-hmm. I better. And not even like, you know, it's like, no, I better go. Right. It needs to be that. Um, otherwise, yeah, you're completely right. You gotta, you can't just be, I don't like her, man. You know, our meatloaf is garbage. Right. I'm out of here. Well, to be no, fair. You well, can't. I mean, for meatloaf is garbage. I mean, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what wife makes a me- If your wife makes you a meatloaf, you should just be all right then and there. <laughs> Why are you even there? Right. Why I'm are you not, still I'm there I'm not anyway? here for this fucking loaf. <laughs> Get out of here with a fucking loaf. No one's ever stayed around for that. <laughs> What's the worst reason you've ever stayed with a girl, Brian? Mm, good question. Yeah. Never stayed with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Better well, answer. That's true. Brian's like, hang on. Oh, shit. There goes the chair. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Malfunction. Yeah, that's the old chair. You can have this one. That's all right. It'll, it'll be fine. Okay. Reaffirming the question. What's the... What's the most petty reason you've ever left? Mm. Can't think of any. Really? Petty reason? Ugly toes. Cankles. Stupid laugh. I would never do something like that. No. Doesn't wear heels. You know that stuff going in. I mean, it... (laughs) I don't, I, don't, I don't know that. I, I, I know I'm going to get past that shit up front. I never even entered the relationship. Right. Oh, I mean, I want to leave for something petty. Like, if I'm... I mean, if I'm leaving for something petty, I was never in it. Well, I agree. How's that chair? Yeah, I was Lord. supposed to glue it, and I never did. <laughs> yeah, maybe... And now I'm paying the consequences. I'm not trying to skate on this conversation here. Well, why don't tomorrow we just go invest in some better chairs? We can do that. I just got to run outside real quick. You got to bust a heater? No. Are you taking a smoke break? No, but I might double do, you know, double dip on this. <laughs> have a heater while I'm using the American out there. All right, make sure it's in the back corner. Watch out for the raccoons. And Matt, I got to go, bro. I got to work in the morning and stuff. Foot, I got to work, I guess. I mean... Do I? I'm a, I'm a t-shirt assistant. What is tomorrow? Well, oh, tomorrow i got virtual Tomorrow we got a busy day. Virtual yeah. learning tomorrow. Right. Well, anyway, Brian, we'll want, before, hang on one second. Okay. I, he's mouthing he's got to go. He's got. He's done. I got to go. Yeah. This guy shits so fucking much at work. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Our bathroom at work, I swear to God, smells like a fucking campsite bathroom. <laughs> it's like I, I'm like, my God, like... I feel like porta potties are in better condition than this place. And when he's using the bathroom, it's almost like every single time he's dying. (laughs) Carolyn's like, How many rolls of toilet paper does he think he goes through in a day? I was like, I was like, I don't know, two? And she's like, So Carolyn's a fucking math person, right? So she's Mm. like, well, how many pieces are on the normal roll of toilet paper? And how many times? He's going through, like, X amount of people, like, paper, like, her, you know, shit. I'm like, <laughs> like, way to ruin my analogy, Carolyn. Oh, great. Well, no, Brent, I'm really glad I got to have you on. I, I felt like it was really important for me to have you on. And the one only thing I didn't really get into 
mm-hmm. it was something I was really interested in was about single fatherhood is yeah. you have to, do you feel you have to raise your kids differently than I do? Mm. Do you feel you have to give them different life lessons and mm. protect them in a, in a way that's different than me? And how do you um, handle that? Do, do you mean that insofar as a different person or racially? Because he's black. Because I'm black. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. Well, yes, is my answer to that. In fact, I actually made a Facebook post like about, I don't know, four months ago or so, the beginning of the whole Black Lives Matter stuff and people are, you know, the uprise is starting to happen. And I believe it to be true still right now, which is that I'll, you know, I was like, you know, the one thing I've learned from trolling these comment sections and seeing what people, the general, quote unquote, general public, because I'm, I, you know, because I'm in, in the mortgage industry, I use social media platform to generate business, period. Right. So I, that means I've got a ridiculous, I'm one of those guys with like 4,000 some friends. So I can go into these comments, right, go into these comments and just read different random stuff. So I'm and, a ball boy because I got like 400. Oh, bro, you got to step your game and up. And no self-promotion about the got to step your game up. no self-promotion about, yeah. But no, I, I literally, I made a post. I said, listen, man, I, I think that it would be, uh, for, you know, I was like, the sad thing about what I've learned in these comment sections through this is that I feel that us as black Americans, we would be grossly negligent to not prepare our children for more of the same in terms of the circumstances under which we've grown up. So I, I literally feel like you would be doing a disservice to your children if you're black and you're not preparing them for an America that's going to respond to them the way that America does. So, yeah, I do spend time talking to my even at this age because they're already coming to me with certain things and how they feel they're treated differently in certain circumstances. If you, you know, and then, and then and you'll find some black people that just feel like, oh, you should just ignore it. And I'm like, I think that's very dangerous. You're underestimating the intelligence of your child to think that they don't understand the way society views and treats them. If you don't prepare them for that, then you are doing them in a great disservice. As a father, don't do you feel like your number one duty and responsibility is to protect them? Not to teach them you know, hey, this is how it should be. It's more like this is how you deal with what is. Right. Because no matter what, the number one thing is you got to come home. Yeah. And how do you prepare your kids for you got to come home? Well, right now I don't have that worry because they're 10, 9, and 7. So, But that becomes the next step. Yes, as they reach their adolescence and that stage of life where, you know, my son is – Nine this fucking train. It's a metaphor. The trains come. <laughs> this is a deep conversation. <laughs> but my son's nine years old right now, right? So, dude, he doesn't care about anything but a, the next dirt bike ride, an RC. Uh, you know, and he loves four wheelers. He he wants to. Ju- he doesn't. He doesn't have these heavy thoughts. And for God's sakes, I am not trying to bring him into that early. I'd like him to experience every ounce of that as possible. But yeah, there's gonna come. My, my son at nine years old is two to three years away from an American threat. Yeah. That's what he is. So as we approach that, yes, I will prepare him to, to realize, hey, you, you, walk, you walking into a place is threatening in this country. That's the way you're viewed. That's the way you're going to have to prepare to, to deal with life. So 
there's going to be those conversations and exchanges, and by all means, especially once he's got keys in his hands, right? Yeah. Because then you have authorities who view you as a threat. Now you be now it's dangerous for right. you, period. And so I have to make sure he's ready for it. Yeah. Luckily, right now, like I said, I'm I'm trying. I'm holding on to every second I got, Matt, of just being able to say, Nah, we don't we don't care. But let's let's go run. Yeah, let's run. Be free. Have fun. Right now, he's still not viewed as a threat. But it's it, his time's running out. Do you remember a time where you were viewed as a threat, like an early on, like twelve-year-old Brent Dean is like, wait a minute, why am I being in this spot? What was that like? Oh man, it's it's a very because you're so young and you are so truthfully that I mean you're innocent, you're not an actual threat. It's so confusing. And it's such a, you know, and I understand how some respond aggressively towards it, especially the nature specifically of African-Americans and their, and I'm speaking to us culturally. Our response is, is as opposed to passive, whereas, you know, some cultures response is a passive response. Black culture is not a passive response. Our response is, oh, you, you want it? Let's go. That's our response. And that's a cultural difference. Which I, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't, I, I got no regrets about that either. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not apologetic about that either. Mm-hmm. I think that's perfectly fine. Why would someone put you in a position where you have to respond that way? Is the question not, you know what I mean? Like, right. But, but that's that's how you know. But culturally, yeah, I can remember definitely, man, reaching that age of early adolescence where I'm like, listen, man, I, I can tell now when I walk in here, they look at me a little different. Mm-hmm. They want, you know, they. they they, I'm not the same, you know, they, they think, you know, and, and there's a Harvard study about this, too, about when... Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Did oh, you know that? Oh, dear God. So it's about when... Fitzmagic. And when America starts to look at uh, black Americans and see them as more, and, and, and at least judge them like adults, right? And mm-hmm. start to say, okay, you're like, you know, and... It's a, a significantly early, earlier stage in development than it is for white Americans. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that's like, okay, I mean, it's something you feel because we're not dummies, man. Like, I mean, the sad thing about being black is constantly being underestimated. There's two things that are frustrating for a black person, and they may not know how to voice this, and I'll explain them to you right now. One is constantly being underestimated and being assumed to not be on the level of, Right. That, that creates, then you get frustration. And then, like I said, our natural, a lot of times, is aggressiveness towards that. Like, man, you know, F you, right? So th- there's that side of it. And then there's the, um, uh, well, what was I going to say? This was important, too. I don't remember, man. That's all right. That first thing you said was very important. You yeah. Know? Being underestimated. Being underestimated, is it creates dynamics that you, you, you it, mentally it messes with you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And there are there are things that that can create in you just being underestimated all the time and never feeling really appreciated, valued or understood or you know what I mean? Like that's the stuff that comes as a result of that. Right. Um, but yeah, that you know, that that's the main that's uh, I had another thing, but I don't remember now. So that's OK. So when you're trying to talk to your kids about being underestimated, right, mm-hmm. making sure that they know their worth. Yes. And their and their value. Couldn't you say that's a father's most important job is to let these your kids i mean whether it's black kids or white kids sure you know 
it's important for me that my kids know that they have value intrinsically as people. No doubt. You know, and they can't be underestimated because they're not the best looking or right. the best athlete. Right. Or whatever. You just have to prepare your kids for that all the time. Mm-hmm. But I have to prepare my kids so differently than you. No doubt. So the things that I'm preparing my kids for are like, so something that I'm concerned with personally is like mm-hmm. the rights of the accused. Yeah. I was a defense attorney. It bothers me. Mm-hmm. So when people talk about always believe her, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can understand mm. the woman's perspective. Sure. I've got two daughters. Yeah. That when they say something, I want it to be taken seriously. Right. But as a father of a son, I also want him to get that same privilege and understanding of mm-hmm. his side of the story, what he saw. Yeah. And preparing kids for that is just the toughest thing you can possibly do. Yeah. And you got to put on top of that the mm-hmm. additional problems that you're going to have. Right. And you you just expressed it for no matter that you know, no matter what race or creed you come from in the United States, what you just explained is important because that's a that's a male female dynamic, right? That doesn't matter race. Mm-hmm. And that's so it's the same thing really as a race dynamic in terms of how we need to prepare our kids like you're gonna have to prepare your son to say listen man you better get consent you know what i mean like you got a son you need i don't care what race he is he needs to be that's clear. why you always videotape it <laughs> <laughs> i'm like your honor that's your honor she was clearly asking for it hey for the record he's not teaching his children that let's let's make that clear but don't speak for me oh lord uh but yeah you know the same same type of thing in a sense where it's like you need to prepare them for what society is about to do that's wrong right to them that's wrong but you know society's going to do it mm-hmm. right so you, that's that's your example of what i have to deal with but on mine it's it's it's, it's race related right where i'm like what they're going to do to you is not going to be right it's going to be wrong mm-hmm. they're going to perceive you as something bad you're going to start behind you're going to be the suspect without evidence that's what's going to happen to you and you have to prepare your kids for that as as an African American. It's just that's one. Of, you know what I mean? It's you brought up that topic, so I found it relatable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Brian, anything to add? <laughs> Brian's very well read. <laughs> well, anyway, Brian, I think we're gonna let you go. Thanks. Uh, I know. Good. I know you got to get get going at work. I really appreciate yeah. you coming on. I hope you're back again. I yeah. really enjoyed the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be a little more talkative next time. Thanks, Brian. I don't you know, know that Brian will be. He's yet he to find his groove. I just want to look at him. Look at his eyes, bro. Dude, he's so, so but the thing silly. is, he's stunning. Stunning. At work, I'm telling you, Brett, I'm laughing so hard at the things <laughs> that he says. And it's like, we got to do this, you know? And he's Well, like, I came on here and just. He's got to you know, find his groove. Well, you brought up all these serious that, topics, like Brian it's, was saying. It's, no, it's not even that I didn't feel my groove. You know, I just. I wasn't ready for today. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I always am ready for the day. Mm. Start a podcast with Brian. Let's fucking do it. Let's well, make it happen. You know, I don't even want to say I wasn't ready. I just, uh, yeah, I wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say I wasn't ready, but I'm definitely not ready. Yeah, he's willing to say what he's not, what he doesn't want to. But it's a, it's okay to not be ready because to jump in and just do it. Well, no, yeah, I just I mean, next I, time Brent's on, we're gonna crush it. I was paralyzed by my thoughts tonight. You know, that's all. Yeah. Well, that's I want it to be thought provoking. 
Yeah. What we provoke. God knows that's what my Facebook's about. Yeah. Thought provoking. I think we threw. I mean, we threw Brian off with code switching as soon as we got into. Dude, that. as soon as he's like, "Oh shit, am I supposed to?" You know, I'm not gonna lie. Should I be different than this? Should I be different? Yeah, Brian, you should be very different than who you are. <laughs> as a as a rule of thumb, just be different than who you are, <laughs> but not because of who you're talking to. Just be better. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, he's definitely the stew guys of this show. I love it. <laughs> I know. I didn't know I was a Levitard type. You are a Levitard. I guess that I am. You are. I do love Levitard. Levitard's great, bro. So good. So good. It took away one of his hours for fucking Greeny. Oh, Get the fuck no. out of here. I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm all good on Greeny for What do you think of Keyshawn in the morning? I like Key. Uh, he's a little... I can't stand Greeny. You don't like Key? Oh, no, Greeny. Oh, okay. He, he's annoyed me for... Ah, oh, fuck. I quit listening to you didn't like Mike and Mike? After a while, it got annoying. It did become the same bit, didn't it? It was, yeah, same shit. That's what it was. It was the same oh, bit I'm to me. Oh, I'm so sick of the fucking pandering on ESPN. Like, oh. Mike Golick, mm-hmm. like, not to like... Junior? No, senior. Senior. <laughs> He's like so like 100% like the guy in private who I would say, I'm not going to watch football because they fucking kneel. Mm-hmm. He seems like that guy to me. Yeah. And he's Could just be. different on the radio. Yeah. Huh? I agree with that. There's a little sense of maybe there's a front here with Golix. And I feel like there's always you're like, man, I don't really believe that. Yeah. But yeah. I'm going to go yeah. with it because it's the company line right now. Right. I agree. No, and ESPN is, is loudly liberal. I will say that. I don't, I don't listen I don't, to ESPN or even watched it and shit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care that it's liberal or conservative Me or either. whatever. I don't like when they hide what they think. Hmm. And it just bothers the shit out of me. I don't know why. Well, when you lose authenticity, man, it's like you can't have your... That's why, Le- that's why you love Levitard. Right. His authenticity so he is doesn't, there. He's got journalistic he's liberal, integrity. But he is 100% himself. There is no nothing different going right. on. Right. And, yeah. and I think he's probably the same person on the radio than he is I, at I home. agree. And I, and I really respect him for that. Yep. So when he's on the show, I'll be sure to make sure I give him all his due props. Yeah. Yeah. Got to. Although, if I was to put together like, an ultimate golf foursome, I'd probably put Stu Gatz on it. Yeah, Because that guy's fucking great. He's great. He's, he's the type of guy you want to play golf with, that's for sure. So am I. I'm glad we're relatable. There it is. <laughs> Stu Gatz is good. Stu Gatz is the best. Yeah, yeah. I think you like him. Yep. All right, Brian. An hour and 53 minutes of yeah. being here. I 